John chapter 6, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, distributed to the disciples and disciples to them that were set down, and likewise to the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. We'll stop reading there. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. We thank you for each one that is gathered here this evening. I thank you, Lord, for the way that you have helped me with just some thoughts here in these verses. I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts tonight. Help us to see ourselves in this text. Show us where we're at, what we need to do. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. Pray you'd fill me with your spirit. Help us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here and thank you for standing. And also I want to thank the folks that come by today and helped after the funeral was over for the literals. They come by and uh, set up some food and got some things together for that family. And I appreciate you ladies doing that. It's a real blessing, and I talked to them. It was a real encouragement to them. And uh, there's a lot of stuff goes on a lot of people don't know about, but God's good, amen? God is good. And also, I want to say this. I showed up over here the other day, and I was looking around at the property, and everything looked, looked good. There's mulch in the mulch beds and down the back and over here on the bank and some mulch over here and some mulch down here and and uh, I, I want to say I appreciate that. I feel like that God's house, anytime we show up here, ought to be the best kept house of any house that we'd ever have. Amen. And those little things, they, they don't go unnoticed. And uh, I want to say I appreciate that a bunch. It was freshened up the place. And uh, it sure was nice of you. And, and I want to say thank you. When I was uh, studying chapter number 6... I was thinking about the connection before we even get to this chapter. And you know, all of the Gospels have little differences and little 
uh, accounts that maybe Matthew might share, that maybe John don't, or maybe it'll be in the book of Luke, but it's not in the other Gospels. But here we find that this account is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. You'll find this same account in Matthew chapter number 14. You'll find it in Mark chapter number 6. You'll find it in Luke chapter number 9. And then you'll find it here in the book of John chapter number 6. All four Gospels line up on this account. Now, as I was studying this about how all four Gospels mention this, I couldn't be wrong about this, but I I don't know. I'm thinking that all four Gospels will not tell the same account again until we get to the triumphal entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. find that interesting. And when I was studying this, I thought, Lord, what are you leading up to and what do you need us to know before we get uh, to verse number one after these things? After what things? If you'll study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find that the disciples, according to the word of God, at this time in their lives, they was completely exhausted. Just as Jesus was wearied in his journey when he went and he sat at Jacob's well, we find the same thing that is going on here with Jesus' disciples. They're, they're wore out. They're tired. There's a lot of things going on. There's a, there's a lot of excitement that's been circling around. And uh, also, you'll find out that right before this is when the news was given that John the Baptist had now had his head taken off. Man, there is so much stress. There is so much pressure. There is so much weariness. There is so much going on when we get to the text in Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and then here in John chapter number 6. There is lots of things going on. And I thought, you know what, that kind of sounds like the day we're living in now. So much going on, so many people going in so many different directions, a lot of people doing a lot of good things. But during that, if you and I are not careful, we can get very weary even in well-doing. Are you with me? So we find that's the situation that's taking place here in the Scripture. So verses 1 through 4, I would just simply say this, and then we'll get on in to just a couple of thoughts. This is the way the Lord dealt with me about it. We see a physical weakness, but then we see a spiritual working. That's what I see in verses 1 through 4. But then in verse number 5, I'm interested in what Jesus saw and what Jesus does. It says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? As soon as I read that verse, I thought, you know, it's usually Peter, James, or John. But here in this text, he is speaking to one of his disciples And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, why did you speak to Philip? To Philip. And then I began to think what Jesus saw and what Jesus is doing and what is on Jesus' mind. 
And let me say this to all of us that are here tonight. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on, uh, and no matter how stressful it is, no matter uh, how sad it might be, no matter what's going on, we need to always be reminded that Jesus is always interested in the multitude. Right here in the middle of him being weary, right here in the middle of these disciples being wore out, Jesus' main focus is, you know, they get along for a little while. It's kind of like saying, all right, we're going to get away for a minute. We're going to relax. We're going to go into a a quiet place, and we're just going to sit down and rest. And Jesus is going to refresh his disciples, and he's going to talk to them. Well, then all of a sudden, Jesus looks up, and he sees all of these thousands of people coming at him. Boom. He's interested in everyone that is walking towards him. And let me remind all of us that no matter what's going on in this world, no matter how crazy it might get, Jesus is always interested in people. He's always interested in people. He's always interested in the souls of men and women and boys and girls. He's always interested in what you're dealing with and he's always interested in what I'm dealing with and he will sit down and we can commune with him, we can pray and we can talk to him but when that whole multitude of people is walking towards him, he gets focused on this multitude. And you know something else really jumped out at me here. I'm just reading this like I've never read it before. I don't hear any of these people walking up talking about how hungry they are, but I find it interesting that Jesus wants to feed them. I find that very interesting, that Jesus wants to feed them. The man sat down, it tells us, says about 5,000 of them. And, And spiritually, there's a very large amount of people that needs feeding. They need the word of the Lord. They need a miracle in their life. And I begin to look around, and sometimes you and I will do this. How in the world, God, can we help all of these people? What in the world, Lord, do you want us to do as an individual? And Lord, what do you want us to do as a church? And Lord, there's just way too many. We need to see them the way Jesus sees them. No matter the situation and no matter the circumstance, Jesus always sees the needs of the people. Something else that really stuck out at me right here and it convicted me. I was reading this week and I read these words and I, I've really been thinking about it and this is the words that I read. Never heard it before, that's why I wrote it down. Mouth mercy. Never had heard that phrase before. Mouth mercy. Well, when I was reading this, the Lord reminded me that Jesus never gives mouth mercy. You say, what does that mean? Well, this is the way God helped me with it. Jesus didn't see all these people that's coming with a need, and he didn't say to them, depart from me, and I'll give you peace. See, that's mouth mercy. Jesus didn't say, I'm so glad that all you folks come out here, and here's some more mouth mercy. We'll be praying for you. We'll be praying for you. Stay with me now. He didn't see all these people coming and he didn't let me, he didn't say this. Since all you people's walked down here and you need something, he said, let me pray about this for a few minutes and I'll get right back with you. Are you with me tonight? Jesus, Jesus didn't say to these people, uh, I'll get back to you in a few minutes. He didn't say, uh, 
I don't really know what to do right here. See, so many times in our lives, we will use mouth mercy. In other words, we'll say things like we care and we'll talk like we care and we'll tell people we'll pray and maybe a lot of times we will pray. But I noticed something different about Jesus. Jesus just didn't say something to them. Jesus done something to help them. Are you with me? It's real easy for us as believers just to say something, you know. God bless you, girl. I'll be praying about that. You know, we called our missionaries. What do you folks need? Oh, we need, we need paper products. We need cleaning stuff. Uh, we need some baby clothes. We got some, we got some mamas that are coming in here that's getting ready to have some babies. Oh, we need some stuff. It'd be real easy for us to say, mouth mercy. Oh, we'll be praying for you. We'll do whatever we need to do to help you. That ain't the way Jesus operated. He said, if somebody tells you what their need is, he said, meet their needs. That's why there's boxes sitting out here. That's why there's detergent in the boxes. That's why there's toilet paper in the boxes. That's why there's Kleenexes in the boxes. Because Brother Jeff, it's easy for somebody to say, you have a need, we'll be praying for your needs. It's called mouth mercy. Jesus says, I just don't say it, I do it. And boy, what a difference it would make in our lives if you and I could be a little bit more like Jesus. And when we saw a need, don't just say what we're going to do with our lips, but we need to respond with our lives. Are you with me? That's the way God dealt with me about it. The questions asked in verses 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And then, you know, he asked Philip, why Philip? I don't know. But, but I do know this in verse number six. He said, I asked this to prove him. That means to, to discipline him, to examine him, and to go about and, and see exactly, not, not as much that Jesus would see where he was at, but that he would see where he was at. And you know, his response was a good response. 200 penny worth is, <laughs> Lord, it's not going to be sufficient to help all these people. And I believe sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, and if we're not careful as a church, sometimes we might be able to look around at a situation. Sometimes we might be able to hear about a need or we might see a need. And all of a sudden we are challenged with the situation. How in the world are we going to be able to help these people? And the answer to that a lot of times is this. We can't. We can't. But isn't it amazing that Jesus knew they couldn't? But he wanted them to see that he still could? How many times in your life, Miss Doris, I've had you and GD on my mind all day long today because I got to ask him something after the service, so don't run off. <laughs> Amen? Amen, don't run off. How many times in your life has there been some situations that the preacher couldn't he couldn't do it. The deacon couldn't. Your family couldn't. You couldn't. But God could. A bunch. How about you, Bruce and Brenda? Don't run off. I got to talk to all for you. Leave tonight. 
pageants on my mind all day. How many times, Brother Steve and Miss Sandy, you couldn't, Steve couldn't, preacher couldn't, Miss Tina couldn't, the church couldn't, but God could. Are you with me? And when you and I get to the place to where we can't, that's when we must depend on him because he can. Do you believe that tonight, church? We can't. There's no way, Lord, we cannot meet the need of the people. It's not going to happen. He says, you said it right. You can't. But he can. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But here's the question. What are you and I going to do? What are you and I going to do in situations where we know that we can't? All right, let's move on. I just got a couple of thoughts and then we'll be finished tonight. It's Jesus who wants them to eat. Notice in this situation, Jesus don't respond the way I would respond. I'm just reading the text like I've never read it before. Stay with me tonight. Jesus is not in a panic and Jesus is not in a hurry. He's not panicking. Me, personally, when I get presented with a situation and I don't know how it's going to happen and I don't know how to fix it and I don't know what to do and things look like they're crazy and it looks like it's just way too much, oh boy, I begin to panic, I begin to get anxiety, I begin to try to figure out how I'm going to do it and the way I'm going to do it. i never seen Jesus panic not one time. i never seen Jesus start going, hey, we got to hurry, somebody's got to do something, you got to figure this out. Jesus just like, okay. All right. Hmm. Verse 7, Philip saying, Lord, I don't know. Verse number 8, Andrew, he wants to help. He says, there's a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fishes. Now, everybody wants to preach on the barley loaves and everybody wants to preach on the two small fishes and you've heard that preached on a hundred times. But I just want you to remember this. Some barley loaves and some fishes. But what are they among so many? The bottom line is this. Lord, we can't. And the bottom line is this. Lord, we don't even know how. I wonder if our problem is so many times in our lives when we get faced with tough situations, we're always running around, we're in a panic, we're trying to figure out what to do. And all of this stuff's going on in our minds and we're not simply stopping long enough to say, Lord, we don't know. And I'll be honest with you, God, I don't think it's going to happen. But Lord, would you bless it? Would you bless this situation? There's someone here tonight that you're in a situation. You've been trying for the longest time to figure out how it's going to happen, what it's supposed to look, what you need to do and what's your part. You might just need to come to the conclusion within yourself, I can't. I can't. I can't change it. I can't fix it. I can't do anything about it. And I don't even know where to begin. So, Lord, here I am. 200 penny worth is not sufficient to feed all of these people. And, God, I don't even know what we're going to do about it. So, right here, it'll be all up to you, Jesus. 
Wonder what would happen in our lives if we could ever get to that place. It'll be up to you, Jesus. Notice verse number 11, and I've got two thoughts and we'll close. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. You might already have seen this, but boy, this really helped me, and I wrote this down. Jesus didn't change the quality of what he had. He just changed the quantity of what he had. See, if we're not careful, we will say that barley loaves, you know, that's for poor people. These little small fishes. I bet you when Jesus took those barley loaves and Jesus took those fishes, I bet you them barley loaves turned into big old sweet rolls. I bet you them little bitty fishes turned into big old fishes. I bet you when Jesus took what that little boy had, that lunch, all that little boy had, Jesus not only multiplied it, but Jesus blessed it and he made it better than what it ever had been before. Well, if you've looked at that that way, I will present to you according to the scriptures, you're wrong. Prove it to me. All righty, look in verse number 13. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five. What kind of bread is it here? Barley loaves. <laughs> Jesus didn't change what the boy had. Jesus just multiplied what the boy had. Don't miss that. Jesus didn't turn barley loaves into sweet rolls. Jesus took exactly what the boy had and he didn't change what the boy had. He multiplied what the boy had. And I'm telling you tonight, you say, you know what? I'll never be good enough. I'll never have enough. I'll never be enough. Hey, listen, if you'll surrender what you have to Jesus, he'll take exactly what you have and he'll multiply what you have and there will be a lot of people blessed by just what you have. Amen? Yeah, but God, if you'd make me this, and God, if you'd make me that, and God, if you'd help me to be this, and if you'd help me to be that, then God, you'll be able to use me. He says, no, I'm going to use you exactly where you're at, and I'm going to use you exactly what you have. I'll just take what you have and multiply it. I hope that helps somebody tonight. I'll just take what you have, and I'll bless it, and I'll multiply it. When them baskets went around, them disciples was passing out that food. They didn't somebody get a big fish and somebody get a little fish. They didn't somebody get a piece of barley loaf, something that a poor person would eat, and then somebody get a, a yeast roll. Everybody got little fish and everybody got barley bread. If you with me, say amen. All right, then here's this last thought that I want to share with you, and I pray this helps you, and I pray you get it. I pray that God will speak to somebody through this. There's something here that really jumped out at me. Verse 11 and 12. Jesus took the loaves, 
When he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. Verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. I want to say this. Anything that Jesus blesses, he just don't bless part of it. He blesses all of it. And don't miss this. You say, you know what? I'm trying to do what God wants me to do, but I just don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job. If you've ever been there before, say amen. I'd really like for God to help me and bless me, but sometimes I feel like I come so short. It looks like everybody else is doing so much for the Lord, and it seems like that every little thing that I do just falls apart in my hands. I almost feel like that all I am is a broken mess, and I don't know if I'm ever going to change. I don't know if it's ever going to get any better for me. Jesus says, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. You know what that word fragments mean? It means to break. It means a piece. It means just a small little bit. And it means what has been broken. It's amazing to me that every little piece that had been broken, that maybe someone else thought, I'm going to tear that little part off and lay it down because I don't want to eat that part. Or maybe someone said, I'm going to cut the end off of this barley loaf and I want to get down in here where the bread's a little bit better. You know what Jesus said? He said, all these little pieces that are broken. I hope you're getting this the way the Lord helped me with it. All these little pieces that are broken, all these little pieces have been put to the side, all these little pieces that people says ain't good enough, all these little fragments, broken pieces that remain. He said, I don't want not one bit of it left. He said, gather it all up and put it in some baskets. He said, because I don't want one broken piece to be left because it means something to him. You're going through life and you feel like that every little thing you've got's broken, every little part you've got ain't good enough, and every little piece you've got ain't never going to be good enough. And if you was to step out and try to do something, may wasn't nobody like it. Let me tell you something. When Jesus blesses it, it don't matter if it's left behind, laying on the side of the road. It don't matter if it's sitting in a pew and you don't feel like nobody ever wants to use it. I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing that Jesus blesses that he will ever look at as waste. I hope I helped somebody tonight. He said, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Verse 13. Therefore they gathered them together and filled Twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained. Notice this, over and above unto them that had eaten. That means superabound. <laughs> superabound. It means to have more and to spare. It means over and above. <laughs> I want to end with this. You ever heard somebody say this? This is what it means. 
Man, I was so excited the other day. God come by and blessed me so much. My cup run over and it run into my what? Run into my saucer. You know what Jesus says? Don't pick the cup up and dump out what's in your saucer. He said, drink what's in your saucer too. (laughs) He said, because every bit of that's special to me. Every little thing that God's doing in your life and God's doing in my life is a big deal to him. And it might not look like a big deal to no one else. But at the end of the day, Jeff, when he comes by and sends in disciples by and says, hey, pick this up because somebody throwed that to the side, but that's very important to me. And you see this little thing right here? What is that right there? Oh, yeah. That's a little piece that maybe somebody's wadded up and thrown in the pew. He says, that means something to me too. Oh, yeah, this little piece right here that somebody's dropped. He said, that's all right. He said, pick all that stuff up. He said, because a lot of stuff that people don't want, he said, I still want it. And I want to gather it all up and I want to keep it. Because there's somebody going to be blessed by this stuff too. (laughs) Amen. When the day is over and all is said and done, a lot of people's going to be left by the blessings of Jesus. But there's somebody getting ready to get them baskets that remains. And there's going to be somebody blessed by the broken pieces that's put in them baskets. Because somebody took them baskets home too. Are you with me? I hope so. Boy, the Lord sure has blessed me just reading this this week. Hmm. Oh, right here's something else. Oh, what in the world is all that? Somebody will take this home and they'll be blessed by it. Stuff that you threw down didn't think it was any good. It means something to him. I wonder, would there be anyone tonight that would be interested in coming to the altar before we have our altar of prayer on a Wednesday night and maybe pray this prayer? Lord, I've never felt like I had much to offer. And Lord, what little bit I have had to offer I'll be honest with you, I just didn't feel like anybody would ever want anything that I've got. And maybe if I did offer it, maybe a lot of people might just throw it down or maybe just push it to the side because it just didn't seem that important to them. I want to remind you, you need to come to this altar tonight and you need to pray this prayer. Lord, you know who I am. You know what I have. And what little bit I have, I just want to give it to you, Jesus, so you can use it. And whether thousands leave being blessed by it, or maybe just one takes one little basket of the broken pieces that I have, but Lord, whatever it is, God, take what I have and use it to be a blessing to somebody else. That's my prayer tonight, Lord. Use what little bit I have 
to be a blessing to someone else. If you want to come pray that prayer tonight, would you come down? Anyone interested in praying that prayer? God, take what little bit I have and God, use it to be a blessing to someone else.